0: Live. Thanks for hanging out today. Do you do you know what we're doing today? Uh, no. What are we doing today? We're looking at the curious case of Balaam and his talking donkey.
1: Ooh, is it too late to advise
0: against that? I mean, that's a tough. We are going to dive into this story in the Bible that, excuse me, that uh, features a talking donkey. Oh, that uh, we have to take and try to make applicable to our spiritual life. Well, that's that?
1: kind of tough because it's so. Seemingly obviously irrational to have like a talking don't da- like yeah. it's got to be mythology How can that be true or uh, like couldn't we do something easy like how many commandments are there or something
0: to take you through that journey? Uh, my name is Curtis Childs and I'll be your host with me is dr. Jonathan Rose Hey, everybody series editor of the new Stone tradition who will be the co-host if you enjoy the show at all, or have had any fun with it, like and subscribe, please. That helps us get out into the YouTube. Mm. Uh, and get your elevator pitch ideas in the chat. What that is is take you know if you're just getting into the whole Swedenborg thing and you want something explained, well, take an idea, a topic in Swedenborg, write it into the chat as an elevator pitch idea, and you'll see us struggling live on That's the air right. the first time we're seeing it, trying to answer in just one minute. Uh, you know, explain what it is. So if you want to see that happen, please submit your stuff. Okay. Our show today, what we try to do on every one of these Sweet Morgan Life live shows is respond to this stuff that you guys were bringing up and how Mm. this all came to be. Was there was long ago, a show called Spiritual Experiences. And uh, in that show, we asked people for their what would, oh yeah, that, that's the thumbnail of it. There it is. Notice any resemblance? That's right. And in there, we said, hey, if you guys could have another book that Swedenborg would write. Oh, that's right. What would it be? And our friend Joy asked, uh, goodbye, little mouse. Our friend Joy asked, Correspondences of Balaam and His Donkey. Wow. And I have good news for you, Joy, because actually, well, he didn't write a whole book about it, Swedenborg does go in depth. Into the story of Balaam and the donkey.
1: There are some Bible stories that he doesn't touch that you wish he did or you're barely, but he actually digs in there a little bit. So yeah. we, we do have some information about it.
0: Okay, so mm. as we ramp up to making degree this degree of difficulty, though, Ooh. make sense and be relevant and be worthy of being revelation, let's uh, let's warm up with an icebreaker, which is where we okay, and good. you start thinking about this stuff and, and get to answering some questions. So let's do it. which, we, which is, is always related to what's to come, but you never know how when it starts out. Mm. This is what we're going to be answering. We want to see you answer this question in the chat room, and we're going to take those, and at the end, post all of your awesome answers, read them out loud on the show, so we can see you know, how is this stuff affecting you, how does mm. it go through your particular love and wisdom. This is the question. What ways have you been alerted that it was time to choose a different path or course of action in your life? Mm. What was the nudge that got you to say, "Well, I better reassess. Some Man, stuff.
1: What, what it brings to mind is a time uh, when I was trying to figure out, are there certain things that are really difficult because you're supposed to push through and it's challenging you, as opposed to what is like a brick wall? Yeah. You know, don't come this way, stop it you're on the wrong path kind of thing. Yeah. And I can think of a particular uh, experience I had that was like that, that actually determined the whole course of my study and what I was doing, going to graduate school mm-hmm. and everything, was because I ran into an experience that was so hard. It was like, no, I don't, I don't think this could be it. Yeah. I wasn't sure, but it was something that was so difficult that after a while it's like, I shouldn't be suffering this much. You know, I, I don't think I'm on the right path.
0: Yeah, are you feeling like maybe Doing another pivot after having done this show for <laughs> as long as we've been doing it, uh, I feel like I yeah my alerted that it's time to choose a different path always comes in the complete crumbling of my previous uh, endeavor. Like there it's, you go, it's not some good crumbling. That's the only way I can move, and and I'm really thinking of what I would call like micro paths here. So right for me, I uh, often I'll vacillate between trying to really be spiritually and thinking from. These kinds of principles that we bring on this show, to just like, okay, I can survive just on. I'm enjoying this show, I'm looking at this article on my phone. Mm. I can just, I don't need to really incorporate that stuff. But it's always that I'll be doing one, f- uh, you know, doing this, that just uh, no spiritual stuff because I can get away with it. My mood is all right. And then I just, everything's falling apart. And then I'm like, okay, wait, I really need these principles. I really need the mm. idea of, um, idea of, um, life and strategy coming from outside me, from a greater power, um, that, that's usually, and I'm, it's almost like I can't even flip that switch myself. But I know mm. oh, it's gonna flip because the, this option doesn't work anymore. And I usually, now I've quite grown to like it because I'm like, oh, now I'll be living by the principles, which is a much yeah. um, preferable state.
1: Once you go through that a few times, you yeah. feel a little more like, oh, I think life is not just gonna end right now. You know, I'll, I'll keep going. But it does seem to me that it's so often been a shock uh, or pain, or somebody confronting me, or something, you know, it hasn't usually been like, I feel great, and so I'm going to change yeah. the whole course of my yeah. life, you know, it's usually if comes it to broke, more difficult, that's right,
0: so what do you guys think, what's it been for you in your life, write it down in the chat, and we will get to mm. it at the end Very of the show, interested to hear keep that. getting those elevator pitches in there, now, we said we we're going to talk about Balaam and the talking dog. okay, oh boy, and we're going to do it, you think it. we have to do it, there's yeah,
1: it's no, not still time to... No,
0: absolutely okay. not. The people are clamoring for this, okay. I think. Yeah, I, I can haven't seen see that. yet. So. I can see that. Yeah. And, and what we got to do is start, like ramp up to that. So let's get into our setup and how we can start to look at this story, as well as we'll go over the story in case you don't know what it is we're talking okay. about. Okay, so I think we got to start with bringing people up to speed on what the story is that we're talking about. It's in the Bible, and it's one of these parts of the Bible that a lot of people, I would think, say, there can't be something more to this. This can't have happened, all that. What's right. going on with the story?
1: Right, and, and one of the issues in there, isn't it, is, is as you say, like, did this happen? Did Was there really a talking donkey? Yeah. And uh, uh, if there's an inner meaning, does it matter, you know? Yes. but Swedenborg does emphasize often that oh no, it matters. You know, it matters that stuff actually happened. There's a few chapters that didn't. Yeah. but but uh, in the very beginning of Genesis uh, and so on, that he says were more sort oh. of fabricated or
0: crafted or something. But I I, w- I need to make this point that Swedenborg does assert that this story is true. This this Balaam and the donkey you actually know. did happen, but you kind of lost it, me there because like, how could that be written in a way? That all of the details in it are metaphorically correspondentially describe stuff in our life.
1: You'd but, have to be divine to work that out, wouldn't you? Uh, but I, I'm a little skeptical. I well don't, it'll be very interesting to it's see. It's a how problem it works too
0: out. because people watching the show are saying, "Oh, aren't these the guys who are like, uh, uh, not I would ma- rational, maybe a little extreme, but it they might, they, might be extreme, they try yeah. to weigh, <laughs> weigh things and and have things kind of make sense and don't just. Right. But here they are saying that the story about the talking donkey was true. So hmm. does the donkey really talk? We'll get to that in just a minute. Not to yeah. Leave in suspense, but
1: yeah, and so the setup here yeah. is that uh, we're talking about Numbers uh, chapter 22 okay. and 23 and 24 is the story It yeah. actually goes on for three long chapters and uh, the children of Israel are moving toward the Holy Land And they're taking over territory here and there as they were sort of divinely appointed to do yeah. in the story and they come right up against the territory of the Moabites and the okay. king of the Moabites is named Balak, B-A-L-A-K. Okay. And so he is terrified, and all the people are terrified. Yeah. And he wants to try to get the upper hand on the Israelites. And so he hires a kind of spiritual mercenary from Syria named Balaam, B-A-L-A-A-M.
0: Okay. That's our And Balaam, protagonist.
1: that's right, and there he is in his sort of mantic garb. He's like a... A, a seer, a diviner, yeah. a sorcerer kind I'd of hire person. Him, yeah. That's right. And these are Balak's people who are coming to him to try to plead with him to come and curse the children of Israel so that even if there is going to be like open warfare, weapons, yeah. all that stuff, they, they put a hex on them yeah. so so the children of Israel are not going to win. Okay. So that's basically the, the setup.
0: Okay, great. And so um, when uh, Balaam is... We enter this story here. There's sort of these two... Paths because Balaam has been instructed by God not to go do this hexing stuff Mm. that he's gonna do. But on the other hand, Balak is offering Balaam a bunch of money to go do it, so which one is he gonna choose? And
1: apparently Balaam really went for that kind of thing. There's some statement in the epistles that Balaam loved the wages of unrighteousness, so he'd been offered money and a great position and all the kinds of things that that, uh, he was excited about. And so which is he going to do, follow God's instructions or go with Balak? So yeah. that's sort of the moral right. dilemma he's in.
0: Let's read the story.
1: So, okay, here we go. Balaam, this is just, I'm just straight quoting here. Sure. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, who we're going to hear some more about, and went with the Moabite officials, people who were hiring him. Yeah. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him.
0: Time out. We've already got okay. a problem. Uh, God okay, <coughs> being angry about that. Isn't, isn't God not angry? How, how are you going to have a supreme deity expressing something petty and egoistic, egotistical? I,
1: I wish we'd done a show about that because uh, mm. that's a good... Oh.
0: Oh, look at that. We, so <laughs> we we already solved this problem in this episode. <laughs> Do, don't watch it now because you've got to stick with us. But anytime you need to have that resolved, Go check this one yeah, out. Yeah,
1: this, this sort of explains some of the background on God Suffice being angry. I to say,
0: it's, it seems like God is angry, but God is not actually. This is our finite state observing the effect That's right. of living a life contrary to the divine. What it
1: seems to mean is that Balaam was doing something that was going against God okay. in some way. Okay, continue. Okay, here we go. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. How did Balaam react? Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Basic donkey 101. Mm -hmm. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again.
0: Okay, we got animal abuse.
1: That's right. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it had nowhere to go this time. Yeah. It just lay down. That's what an animal does. It's just lie down, yep. right? So it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then, here comes the hard part, okay? The Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Complete
0: sentence, complete thought.
1: That's right. Intelligent, I would even say. Right? Balaam answered the donkey, You've made a fool of me. You made me look stupid here, you know. <laughs> if only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. Now
0: it's getting written down in the Bible. I look like an idiot.
1: Yeah, I know. It's very upsetting. The donkey said to Balaam, now listen to this, listen to this (coughs) argument. Okay. Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? (laughs) No, he said. It's killer, that's great. It's actually a surprisingly rational argument from the donkey.
0: And and put in a way that almost feels like it's Socrates.
1: It's doesn't it? just I'm gonna right. I'm gonna
0: lead you to the answer you figure it out yourself and it's very it re- sounds very reasonable by 21st century It's then. very
1: sophisticated. Yeah, and he doesn't say he doesn't even say I'm defending myself mm-hmm. I'm not in the habit of doing this. He mm-hmm. says, have I I mean you've known me a long time Yeah, is that characteristic of me? Is that yes. the way I usually treat you and he makes him say no
0: yeah,
1: right Balaam has to say no then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes he opened the donkey's mouth then he opens Balaam's eyes And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he, Balaam, bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? Very interesting. The angel was upset about the animal, animal abuse issue. I've come here, the angel said, to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. See, that's what that angry sounds like. Like he was against it, right? The donkey saw me, says the angel, and turned away from me these three times. Each of those three, when he went off into the field, and then he crushed his foot against the wall, and then he lay down. The donkey did that because he saw the angel. If, the angel continued, if it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared it. Meaning the donkey, like yeah. the donkey's fine. Uh, yeah, you're a problem. The donkey actually did him a
0: solid, right? By, by turning away,
1: he was protecting him. He was yeah. still being a faithful, you know, servant to Balaam. Yeah. Balaam's a hundred percent in the wrong. Donkey's in the right, and the angel's sticking up for the donkey. It's kind okay. of an amazing story. Continue. So Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, "I have sinned." He he. Um, you know, he takes it on the chin. Yeah. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you're displeased, I'll go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, again, surprising response, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with Balak's officials. Thanks. Weird. So yeah. he didn't even turn him back. Right. But it's just like, hey, on pain of death, I'm telling you, You've got to follow my instructions on this. You're you're not just winging this gig yeah. here with Balak.
0: So, I'd love to play a little game that's called what what are all our objections to this? Story? Oh, that'll be fun. I'm going one that struck me there is the angel's super mad, right? Which which yes. you could say like again, this is an issue of, uh, you know, angelic uh, yes, or divine right. it's beings an getting mad. angel of the Lord. But he's mad because Balaam didn't see him. But the Lord didn't open Balaam's eyes till the end, and the angel angel knows that. No, know, right. <laughs> so there's an issue, and Balaam... And the that, so that doesn't seem fair to
1: criticize yeah. Balaam, and even to threaten his life, Yeah. for not seeing an angel he couldn't he see. He couldn't see, and he knows it. I mean, it. what Balaam was doing was quite rational in terms of, it just seemed like the animal has sort of gone
0: rogue, yeah. ate something bad, or is done, yeah. being crazy now. But he's ob- Balaam is obviously... A little out of control because he's like man if I had a sword I would kill you looks like a fool next to the rational like uh bridge building donkey but then when Balaam says I've sinned he doesn't say I shouldn't have lost my temper he says I didn't know you were standing there (laughs) (laughs) that okay sorry I still
1: don't care about my donkey but I would have I would
0: have
1: I would have been deferential to you if I'd known you were there you know Angel of the Lord.
0: The, the the three times is puzzling what you once could have gotten it across. Why didn't he just stand in the narrow place in the beginning? There's all kinds of stuff.
1: There's all kinds of stuff, and then why? And there's other even more bizarre stuff if you go out in the yeah. story, because actually, god said to him one time don't go and then the next time he said okay go yeah. and then he was angry because he went and then yeah. you know uh, the story is even weirder than we have time to lay out here and this is and without um, the elephant in the room yeah the elephant being the speaking donkey right so like how did the donkey speak did, did he suddenly give god gave him vocal cords or yeah. something that you would you know, well, I don't, I don't know the anatomy of donkeys well enough, but they don't seem to produce articulate speech very much. They right. bray, but they don't, they don't actually talk, let alone in whole coherent sentences yeah. that are wiser than what Balaam's and, saying. And
0: some of the wisest sentences you'll find in the, the Bible. I mean, just, yeah. just the way they're lo- logically laid yeah. out. Yeah,
1: that's right. One of the most rational characters in Scripture. And uh, the, it's also really weird that the angel said, you know, so, so Balaam finally, he's on his knees, he's yeah. begging for mercy, and he says, I'll turn back. And the angel said,
0: no, you can go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, what? <laughs> we just had this whole fight okay. about this, you know, so I don't understand. So the reason why we're going into this is not to uh, critique the authors of this story, but because if we're trying to take this story and put it in the place of divine revelation, that this is something God has gifted us this story. Well, this
1: is a degree of difficulty move. there,
0: right? And it, you need to be able to voice these kinds of objections. You may have other ones in the chat or in the comments afterwards. Well, what's wrong with this story? Because how can you square this? And But even if you clear all that away, what does it teach you? If, if an angel says they're going to kill you, do what the angel says, what's the moral coming out? Right. Do, your donkey might know what it's doing. Don't get mad, I guess, but it doesn't seem like there's great spiritual value. So how can we flip this around? The only way through right. correspondences.
1: And, and uh, shall I finish out the story? Like yeah. what happens next, right. right? Is that Balaam goes, uh, Balak sets up on a hill so you can see all the people laid out there. Okay. There was a lot of them. And he says, okay, go. Now Balaam had been clear. I can only do what God told me to do. He'd been warned on pain of death. I can okay. only, I can only stip, stick to the divine script that I'm given. That's all I can say. I don't, I don't get to you know, improvise on my own here. And uh, so Balak takes him up, because Balak's terrified of these people. Yeah. So they do seven sacrifices, mm-hmm. and he says, okay, go, curse them. And Balaam says this beautiful blessing and these curses are not like use foul language or something. Yeah. These are like hexes, voodoo, you know, yeah. like like really put a spell on them kind of thing. And apparently Balaam had that ability uh, Swedenborg talks about. And so Balak takes him over to the next mountain and says, and, and Balak's very angry because like, yeah. I hired you yeah. to curse him. And Balaam had also said to Balak, hey, you can give me all your silver and gold. I can't depart from what I've got to do here in the name of God. Like, right. the, God is intense about this one. I've got to do this one right. So he takes him to a second spot. Again, he blesses them. Balak's furious, takes him to a third spot, which is really kind of humorous, like he yeah. really thinks that's gonna change it up, yeah. but he takes him to a third spot, and Balaam again says this beautiful blessing of the people. He just, he can't help it. And in the long run, then he even says, uh, here's how it's gonna work out with Israel and Moab it's going to go well for Israel, not well for Moab and Benoit. So.
0: so what what can we do to sort this out? I want to introduce this concept of correspondences, because in the literal sense, as we said, there's a lot of issues with the story. Yes, But once you start to see that the characters are representative and the action is representative, and it can actually relate to things that go on in all of us and go on throughout human history, suddenly things start to jump into focus. At least for how me. How is that we'll, possible? S- we'll see how it goes for you. Let's we'll okay. take a look at some of the basic correspondences in this. This is from Apocalypse Explained 140. By Balaam, who is Balaam? He's, he's a, an, an enigma. Yes, he's
1: this Syrian sorcerer, right, are meant those that we don't know much about.
0: whose understanding is enlightened, and who teach truths, but still love to destroy by guile those who belong the
1: church. Oh, now that's very interesting because part of what Swedenborg says to explain Balaam is that Balaam was someone, so there's sort of the person, there's what he corresponds to. Yeah. So the person Balaam uh, actually had knowledge left over from what Swedenborg calls the ancient church, which had existed, you know, in pre-biblical times, Yeah. Uh, that they knew correspondences back then. Yeah. And they were able to use them and some people use them for good, some people use them for evil, but they had that knowledge and it gave them a connection with the spiritual world. So Balaam had this connection with the spiritual world, but the chief thing that he loved was cursing people and making good bank at it. Yeah. That's what he loved doing. Right. So this was a fastball across the plate to get this invitation hey, come curse people and I'll really make you rich. Ra- this is going to be great. You know, this is. Yeah. And yet, oh, but God got in there and
0: said, no, 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 you got to play this one my way. So we have Balaam essentially as misleading religious f- or spiritual figures.
1: Isn't that something? That's what I get out of that. It's someone who has insight and understanding, yeah. but for some reason is, is uh, on the wrong path. Isn't that what the angel said? Like, yeah. your path is, what did he say, perverse reckless. or wicked, be- yeah. reckless before me. That's right. right. This is
0: not the right way to go about this. Because don't you see, um, what, what first pops to mind is there's a lot of Netflix specials about cult leaders who, True. who are able to sort of keep people under a spell. And they use, there's like and spiritual stuff s- in there. Some of them have clairvoyant powers or yeah.
1: dreams or they're able to tell people yeah. experiences that no one knows that they had or they're right. thinking,
0: you know, but they're able to use that to get power over them. So That's right. It seems like what it's trying to make a distinction here is that just because you have access to the right ideas, or even access to the spiritual world, doesn't mean you necessarily You're a good person. It doesn't have have the heart in the right spot, or right. are or, or are somebody who it's right to follow. And there's a tendency in the human heart. It's like if somebody says that to you,
1: like you've got the words of God, I'm following you wherever you go. You know. Yeah. And uh, the story seems like a bit of a warning about that, yeah. doesn't
0: it? Thinking about, uh, I saw another special. It's just well, my life is watching these specials about uh, televangelists, so nice. scandals, people who oh, yeah, came yeah. up really and the people who are watching them, really had, were inspired and felt like this is something yeah. really real in their presence. It was And great. they're doing healings. And, yeah. But the whole thing is, is a house of cards. So there was Balaam. Let's look at okay. what the other main characters what are. The other are. So Balaam, right. as we saw, is people who know truth but want to use it for selfish gain. The yeah, angel, and this is
1: really deep, like, spiritual cool truth or something, right.
0: The angel with the sword is divine truth confronting falsity.
1: Ah, so that's sort of dissecting the situation, pointing out, this is good, that's not good. Yes. Your path is reckless before me, actually. You're not on the right path.
0: Because sometimes people with bad intentions can do good in the world. They can. And isn't that like the angels saying, all right, you can go do this, Balaam, but you've got to do what I tell you to do. You've got to serve my purposes. You've got to deliver this message so people can get something good out of it, even Mm. if you don't have the right motives. The Israelites were people trying to connect with God, which is the church. So you think about all these people who are trying to reach out for what's true, and Balaam is in a position to curse them, to mislead them, and to yes, use that, he can. that searching, That's right. but instead has to give them what's good. And then the donkey... But I don't get that last one there. ...an enlightened intellect. Wow. Yeah. So let's take a look. Let's, let's dive into this a little further, because it okay. seems to be begging us to. We're going to look in our uh, three... Why would a donkey be th- an enlightened intellect? Three I thoughts should. that Swedenborg gives on this okay. to let let them grow in your mind. So we're gonna go ahead and plant three seeds. Okay. So we've got our pieces, and they may seem like an organic fit, they may not, but I think as we look more at how they relate to each other, it starts to make sense why you would have a story with these things in it. Okay. So with that said, oh, let's I can't wait. look at Revelation yeah. Explained 140. Okay. Balaam was a sorcerer at heart. Aha, uh-huh. so I when gather that's not good. That's, and that's kind of what you were alluding to the, the earlier. So when left to himself, he thought only of sorcery, uh, which would be, uh, that's word translated, some kind of negative correspondential.
1: I think he's thinking of like, hey, that's a cool curse you could do. Yeah, yeah if you, then they
0: zap, yeah. yeah. ooh, right. In which Swedenborg does seem to indicate that he he believes that you could do do almost like magic at different times in, Absolutely. in history. Right. He says it through an abuse of correspondences. That, that's that's a, right. For another time. Yep. In the word spiritual sense, the donkey he rode on symbolizes an enlightened intellect. So riding on a donkey or mule was a sign of a chief judge or monarch. Didn't, okay, so that's someone who had a very elevated understanding or a... Great grasp of
1: situations, and so that's true. That and yeah. in, in you'll see it again and again in the Old Testament, including Jesus in the triumphal. I was just going to say,
0: wasn't there some obscure story about a guy riding a donkey <laughs> that we
1: reenact coming into Jerusalem on Palm you Sundays Reenact Sundays that every all over year. Here. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and that has to do with a, an enlightened intellect. So he was riding on an enlightened intellect. Yeah. that's partly what allowed him to do what he was doing.
0: Yes, right, but mistreating it when it was trying to go right. in the right direction. Oh, but he keeps beating it. Okay, I mean, come on. This is, Okay, this is starting to fall into place because if you really know the truth, it's trying to point you, it's trying to do what love says to do. You have to really he abuse it to, to keep living that kind of lifestyle when you actually have the truth. Oh, that's okay. so awesome. The angel with the drawn sword symbolizes divine truth shedding light and fighting against falsity
1: so it's trying to get in a good way. Yeah. It's not it might seem like an angry god sort of story of like ah you're doing wrong. Yeah. You know, but it's actually trying to correct him. Uh I'm it's suddenly popping into my mind that the field means um living a good sort of productive life. Yeah. So it's like try to get him into that and then the wall has to do
0: with truth yeah. and the literal sense of scripture and stuff like that. Like, there's, like go this way. Go a good way. And in this story, we may be thinking right now just about the harm to people whom these religious kind of leaders uh, do, right, when when they mislead people. But think about the person themselves, the leader themselves. God is always trying to rescue everyone. So that divine truth is trying to show that person in their own mind, you have something wrong here. Your your motives aren't good. That's right. So three times the donkey turned aside from the path means that the enlightened intellect did not agree with the thinking of the soothsayer.
1: And this is enacted in the fact that the, that the donkey and the soothsayer have a disagreement. That's right.
0: The same thing is meant by what the angel said to Balaam, I have come out to oppose you because the path you're taking is evil in my sight. Mm, there it is, evil. A path, evil. check this out, a path in scripture's spiritual sense means the thoughts that spring from our intentions. And that may seem strange until you realize how your mind can take you down paths. You suddenly, how did I end up thinking this, all of a sudden, how did I get here?
1: Wasn't there an icebreaker question about when you're on a good (laughs) path or changing the path or something? Right, right. right.
0: So that, the path hmm. that you're walking down is the kind of thoughts you're having that spring from, these are intentional thoughts, things that go along with your higher goals.
1: Yeah, so they're sort of your plans or yeah. your strategic plan, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I want to get to this situation. I'm going to go
0: down this path to get there. Balaam was held back from the thought and intention of using sorcery by the fear of death, as is clear from the angel's words to him. If your donkey had not turned aside before me, surely I would even have killed you now. So this is, in the end, a message... Of love from the angel, because that the path that that symbolizes that you're going down there is so dangerous that sometimes only fear can keep you out of it. And I used to honestly think that Balaam was a good character, you know, because I
1: follow God, I can only say what God tells me, but I didn't realize, oh, no, what he's thinking about is he really wanted to curse the people very badly, Mm -hmm. but he was threatened on pain of death not to. And so that's why he no, I've got to follow this because there's an angel with a giant sword
0: yeah. saying I have to do it this way. It makes me think of, Swedenborg says that in Providence, if you have your heart set on evil, only external restraints can keep you from delving more fully into evil. Fear would be an external restraint because it's not right that you see something is wrong, so you don't do it because of your conscience. It's that you don't want the consequences. So you are restrained because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to lose my reputation. So if you, th- and, and in Divine Providence, the book, Swedenborg talks about God actually being able to use evil people to accomplish good things because when we're immersed in evil, we're so on fire for our own reputation and success that we actually can go more energetically. You can be at, more of a go-getter and accomplish yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, right. So I wonder if this really does happen sometimes where you have people who are... Have the wrong interests at heart, but because of fear of their own reputation and love of their own reputation, go out and do maybe put forward an important idea and keep it going. And the
1: Lord is able to steer that in a useful direction. Yeah. Because these beautiful blessings come out of it.
0: So that's all well and good in your correspondence. Okay, fine. 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 But what we're all here to figure out is
1: what? I mean, what? Did the donkey really talk? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Did the do- did what, 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 you know, what, like what happened yeah. there? So the answer is. Because Swedenborg emphasized, yeah. that, oh, no, this is a real story. You know, this really happened. Yeah. And it has correspondences. But like, what is going on with the donkey and talking? The answer there's no way. It's right?
0: weirder than whatever you're imagining. Okay. Okay, let's hit.
1: You want it to sounded one? to Balaam as if his donkey spoke to him. Oh. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. It sounded to Balaam. Yeah. As if his donkey spoke to him. Okay. Oh, so there's Balaam's perception right. as opposed to was the donkey actually talking? Whatever's in the sound. In waves. reality, she—and it's interesting. This is in the Hebrew. Yes. She, the donkey, is female. Actually, is this interesting little right. point? In reality, it's very rational donkey. In reality, she did not speak, but he heard words as if they came from her. You see, he had a connection with the spiritual world. Yeah right and so he's getting a spiritual signal at the same time as he's getting uh you know he's seeing the donkey there and yeah. everything well how do you know this though i know come on Swedenborg. what do you base this on <laughs> this phenomenon has frequently been demonstrated to me by personal experience frequently <laughs> wow i was given to hear horses seemingly speaking they were not speaking but they seemed to be so he knew the difference and this was actually the case with Balaam so that the story could be told in the word for the sake of the inner meaning in every detail. Like this was yeah. a range. there was a, this, it wasn't, and it's not just sort of like a, oh, I think I'll write a crazy story with a talking donkey. Yeah. You know, this, Balaam actually had that experience yeah. for the sake of this inner meaning. It's, it's interesting it's that, amazing.
0: that it's like it, it had to be true on a literal level. Yeah.
1: That they couldn't just It was be, important. It's, it's not just made up. Garbage, it's right.
0: That it, there needs to be this hierarchy of um, levels of existence, and somehow, the, for some reason, it was important on the physical level for there to be a container story This needed to really take place, and then we yeah. could, it could be written down and mean this thing correspondentially. I don't know the mechanics of that, but yeah, that's, right. that's fascinating.
1: And then, spoiler alert, the inner meaning describes how the Lord safeguards people devoted to truth and goodness, protecting them from being harmed by the type who seem to be speaking from enlightenment, but actually have the thought and intention of leading them astray. So this is a protection story that even if you have people who seem to have amazing powers, and he actually has an amazing connection with the spiritual world, and able to sort of lord it over you by that, oh no, there's a protection. And, but that's interesting. Like, what what did the donkey mean again? What did it say? Something about enlightened intellect. The enlightened intellect it's sort of like the rational mind, or a mind that has some good truth in it or something, yeah. can tell when your Balaam's going wrong. or so, yeah. you know, It can see the angel of the Lord, it can see the truth when Balaam is trying to do a little voodoo, you know, Pull the wool over your eyes. Right? You
0: will. You will hear from people who get out of um, c- cult kind of situations or or, or tightly uh, insular religious right. communities, and then you in in Netflix specials, of course. Uh, yes. you'll hear them talking about how they now can see all kinds of issues with it, but yes. at the time they couldn't that that it's if right. you if it's rationality like you talk yourself into it or, yeah yeah right but if you're because you're so overwhelmed that your state of freedom is compromised but if we have this free intellect and it, it, its role is to assess and critique for example if you're watching a youtube show and we're telling you something like oh it's, it's internal sense oh of believe us yeah we know the, all about you this. know the use your brain to say like could this be true and only if you're if you in freedom find that that's I love that. potentially something that you can pursue, then you do it. But, but otherwise, listen to your donkey on this. Listen to the donkey. Yeah. Now, you may say yeah. these, these guys just were glossing over sort of the, the mechanics of how the horses okay. seem to talk. Yes, but true, didn't. true. Right? We, so we've got to right. do that. Right. And it, it
1: came to mind that at some point we did a show. Didn't we do a, a show about spiritual experiences or something like that?
0: We did a show Do about five kinds brothers? of spiritual experiences. And this program, we actually, this passage where Swedenborg is describing hearing horses, there's more to it. He not only hears uh, okay. horses, he hears hammers, too. Hammers and this shows, ta- talking. This shows a little bit more of yeah. what that consists okay. of. Also, and I was shocked to learn this just when Jonathan and I were talking before making this episode, there is a passage where Swedenborg talks about hearing a hammer talk, that he says he's hearing the the hooves of horses and the chari- or the carriages that they're behind. The sound that they produce at the same time was affecting an inflow from the spiritual world so that whenever they made a sound, he heard spiritual words along with it. So, for instance, it would be like,
1: I like Swedenborg and
0: life. Weird. Right, I don't know, he didn't say what the hammer was saying or what kind of stuff it was talking about, but that there was a trigger in the physical world, or seemed to be a trigger in the physical world, that was allowing this spiritual stuff to be hurt. So if, if the hammer likes this show, it can't be that bad. No, no, so, that's
1: right. That's that's a good endorsement, actually, right there. A ringing endorsement.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll leave it right there. Uh, we actually got to go so, to our next point.
1: Well, okay, but the uh, like what that reminds me of is the way that Swedenborg says that little children when they're playing, they see all their toys is alive, everything's alive, you know, and sometimes when you're in kind of a deep spiritual state, you can, it's it's like everything's talking to you, or, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's the layering of the spiritual world onto this world, you know, that little children say, oh, this is, uh, and even with inanimate objects, you know, I had a tape recorder once that wasn't working, and so I bought another tape recorder, and I stuck it <laughs> next to this one just to say you can be replaced. And the next day, this one started working again. You know, uh, now that's just my own mental illness, highly scientific. Yeah, the, um, uh, but I think that's partly how it worked was that layered onto it. When you have that access to the spiritual world, you can experience even sounds that will communicate. You know. Uh, something, right? Even yeah. inanimate things can communicate. So it's no problem to have a donkey do it, right?
0: So there you go. That's how the donkey talked. And, okay. And we, yeah, again, we could talk more about this another time, but I do want to hmm. get to the this interesting point that Swedenborg Morgan, this runs all throughout all of his experiences in the spiritual world, throughout his theology, is that you can have an enlightened intellect. You can have the truth of heaven in there, but you, that condition can happen even if your will, your, your motivation is still immersed in evil. So this mm, is really? from Revelation Explained mm. 140 again. It's important to know that our intellect can be enlightened even if our will is evil. Told you. Not a deal breaker. This is because the intellectual faculty is separate from the voluntary faculty in all who have not been regenerated. Only in those who have been regenerated to the two faculties act as one. It is the function of the intellect to know, think, and speak the truth. Okay. But it's the function of the will to will the things we understand and to do willingly and whole, and to willingly and wholeheartedly do them. The disagreement between these two faculties is clearly apparent in evil spirits. Mm. So this is a little fascinating okay, spiritual Okay, let's, let's tour, try acting this When they turn to face good spirits, they understand and even acknowledge the truth almost as if they were enlightened. But <laughs> as soon as the evil spirits turn away again, they go back to the love in their own will and cannot see any truth. They even deny the things which they had heard. Mm. And this may be why you can feel like you're presenting an airtight argument, or you're, you're, trun- you're, you're uh, promoting oh. an airtight right. argument, but you see people oppose it, uh, and you just can't understand the rationality. It's the heart. Whatever we love it's the heart.
1: tells the mind Tells to do. You go to back do. to that. And it will sort of uh, yeah. preempt what you've got in your the mind.
0: The ability of our intellects to become enlightened has been given to us for the sake of our reformation, right? It's okay to all of us have a divided mind right now. We're in the process.
1: Because you can sort of leapfrog with it.
0: Right. We, yeah, because you have to be able to understand, oh, and if look you, at yourself. If you couldn't, you'd never yeah. get out of the pit. And say, maybe what I'm doing here or what I'm believing here isn't right. Maybe it's not good. Yeah. That's how you the Lord uses that to pull you up. Siphon your way up. Within the human will resides every kind of evil. No offense. The evil we are born into (laughs) and the evil we get ourselves into. And I'm particularly proud of that. (laughs) And our will cannot be changed for the better unless we learn about truth and goodness on the one hand and falsity and evil on the other, and then intellectually acknowledge them. Uh Otherwise, we cannot turn our backs on falsity and evil and come to love truth and goodness. Yeah, there'd be no way to get there from here. If
1: you didn't have that separable mind, yeah. that Swedenborg says was arranged all the way back at the fall, there's interesting stuff he says about. It. But right. that the intellect became separable, and he says that that can rise up right into the light of light of heaven. Yeah, you know, even if the will is evil, you can totally be Balaam. That's on the menu. You know, you can yeah. you can
0: be that way. Which is part of why Swedenborg argues that rather than just God appearing to everybody in the world all at once and saying, I'm God, and this is what Mm. you better do, and this is what's true. Why instead do we go through this long, ambiguous thing that is the setup of life? Well, it's because just convincing everyone's intellect wouldn't do it. It wouldn't stick. That it has Uh, to—you actually, believe it or not, would eventually deny it. You'd say it was a hallucination or something. What has to be done is, in freedom, where we don't really know exactly what's going on, we get to choose between what's good and evil and reform ourselves. That's what makes this permanent connection. Mm. So, How was all that? Do you wanna let it sink in for a moment? I I think it's about time for that. What we're gonna do now is go to a little uh, topical meditation. So we've been talking a lot about Biblical correspondences here. That's how we've been saying this thing in the Bible represents this, this other part of the story represents that. Swedenborg argued that this symbolism or this representative quality didn't just stay within stuff in the text of the Bible. Everything is a correspondence. Everything we mm. see around us with our eyes is actually a representation of something spiritual. So remember in the beginning we were talking about paths. We were talked first in the Icebreaker question about like what's the time when you had to change your yeah, path that's in life. Right. With that fascinating statement about the thoughts of thoughts your mind.
1: And your intentions, yeah.
0: Path and right. you along. So let's, let's actually look at some real paths rather than just talking about it. With everything we've learned here about the intellect leading you in the right way, going down the, the, the path of goodness and truth, uh, you know, what, when do we need to get off the path that we're on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just look for one minute at paths and just let this stuff swirl around, see what insights come to you, because there's this sort of deeper perception you can get when you're actually linking up with the the stuff as it exists. So good. take a take a moment, let things settle and see how it strikes you. Mm. to see the paths that little kids minds take them on like how right. how they sort of flutter from one subject <laughs> to the next and That's what kind of right. gets them to think from one thing to the other and the associations and, yeah. yeah right if we do that we're not as cute but we do <laughs> one thing leads us to the next you know so everyone uh, if you got any insights from that or inspiration feel free to leave it in the comment section we'd love to hear from you uh, as now that we're here now we've had a second to, to sit and okay, contemplate right. we've had all this stuff coming at us what's the takeaway What is the take-home meal that we can get out of this? How do you go out, and what's the summary? How do you apply Mm. it to life? Any of the above. What do you get out of this story of the Talking Donkey?
1: Yeah, it's very, very interesting. One of the things that's got me thinking about is that, um, uh, isn't it true that even in our times now, there are just many sources of spiritual... Information, you know, saying hey, here believe this or this is true. Different yeah. churches, different traditions, and, and different individuals, charismatic leaders, and as you were talking about, and yeah. and all these different kind of things. And how do you evaluate those truth claims and everything? And uh, the idea that this story would be saying to us, in effect, use your donkey. Your donkey knows the difference. Meaning, use your enlightened intellect. Uh, use your rationality. There are some forms of spirituality that say the rational mind is bad. You shouldn't yeah. have that faculty of judgment or discernment, or, like that gets in your way. Right. You know. But doesn't that easier for ba- isn't that like Balaam beating the donkey? Yeah. You know, to say that that don't look at it that way. That actually, that's a safeguard against Balaam going in the wrong direction. That if you evaluate it, in fact, seems to me we did a show a little while ago about this about how to test uh, what was it called how to test a spiritual idea It was a fun notion of how do you evaluate truth claims yeah including the stuff that we tell you on this show you know how do you figure out whether that's legit is everybody just at the mercy of whoever says something in a strong powerful way or has some good sort of miraculous testimony or something right. like that
0: or some nice graphics and that's right. So yeah, take, check out that show for sure. Um, and and uh, it's cool to kind of break down the components of what Swedenborg seems to give. Uh, as here, here's a way to kind of suss that out, to upgrade your donkey a little bit. There. Another little element of the Balaam
1: story is that, um, like in the New Testament, it struck me that who, who knows who Jesus is? Who figures out who he is? The first people who figure it out and say it, are the evil spirits the disciples don't know no, you know they don't know yeah but the evil spirits know yeah and they testify to who Jesus was well there's something like why would you want Balaam to bless the people why Balaam yeah why not get so, you know a good, good person like yeah. a prophet or something like right. that but the testimony of your enemy the testimony of somebody who wanted to curse you yeah and blesses you is powerful yeah you know, and I think there's something similar that Balaam's testimony, some of the most beautiful, a scepter shall rise, uh, you know, yeah. uh, some of the most beautiful uh, prophecy comes out of Balaam's mouth. Yeah. You know, a guy who loved the wages of unrighteousness and was just, you know, in it for the money kind of thing. So it's interesting.
0: That was great. That was a really eloquent wrap up. Thank you. As a change of pace, let's go to the elevator pitch now. We're going to see some decidedly (laughs) uneloquent things. Uh, If you haven't got your subjects in, quick, what's the topic in Swedenborg you want us to discuss? We'll discuss it right now. Okay, everybody, this is the part of the game where we imagine what if we only had a minute in an elevator to explain something important from Swedenborg to somebody. This does happen, and maybe not in an elevator, but people do say, what, what are you? What's this, huh, who's Swedenborg, mm. what, what's this thing? You only have a, a little bit of time to explain, right. or or even one conversation, how do you get these ideas condensed? If these ideas are accurate, shouldn't we be able to simplify them? Shouldn't we be able to, um, uh, you know, talk about them in different contexts, not just quoting things verbatim? So we're going to try all that here, and uh, we got to decide who goes first.
1: Yeah, I know this is tough. So why don't I, why don't I? F- Think of a number, and then yeah. you call odd or even or something like that. Okay, okay and you're just going so, to trust us that we didn't on so, a
0: number beforehand. It yeah, could be any number right. between one and anything. Show it to, right. show it to the um, right. Okay. To the audience. I'll show it to
1: people. All okay. right. You see and that there? If I get it okay. right,
0: I go first. If If I get it wrong, you go first. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. okay right. Even.
1: Wrong. <laughs> that means I go first. What's the number? Nine.
0: Ah, Nine. oh, nine's not even at all. Okay, <laughs> so that means you go first. <laughs> right. okay. I go first. All right. Pitch. Oh, boy. Elevator pitch. And I don't know and if that
1: was really winning anything. Now,
0: what, what Dr. Jonathan Rose will explain to me in one minute okay. on an elevator is as follows. Demon possession. <laughs> know anything mm. about that? Okay. Mm. Here we go. So, you were just talking about these evil spirits and uh, how, how smart they are and everything. So, what, you know, do they get into people? What, what's going on there? What does Swedenborg have to say about mm. it? Ready, set, Two,
1: one, go. All right, so in biblical times, you'll see that Jesus does a lot of casting out demons. It's one of the four main things that he does. And there was actually a kind of physical demon possession that was happening where literally a spirit could like get into your body, into your elbow, into your, you know, make you do things you didn't want to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, This happened a lot. You know, the the kid who throws himself into the fire and cuts himself, all this kind of stuff. And part of what Jesus did when he was here was to try to get power on the outside to be able to stop that kind of physical possession. So Swedenborg says that that type of physical possession doesn't happen anymore. But now Swedenborg says what's happening is a kind of more internal possession. And I think what has yet to come with like the Lord's second coming kind of thing that's gradually happening in a spiritual way is to get rid of internal demon possession and have this be the Lord's world.
0: I'm convinced so <laughs> great awesome awesome summary know. so the good the good uh the, the s- separating it so just what is that the internal possession what is that like I think it's possession
1: of the heart and mind like people who get obsessed or the heaviness of a depression yeah. addiction or various very, very different yeah. kind, you know but when it's obsessive thinking or obsessive feeling that you have a tough time getting away from it's like they used to be able to move your elbows now sort of moved in more psychologically or something like that but i think we're going to be cured of that as well yeah man i think this next round
0: the the principles in swedenborg seem to be the most powerful leverage points yeah, in, in the mind when you're trying to push that they're, kind of stuff they're away, they're good for so. freeing
1: the mind. That's true. Yeah. Giving you a little perspective. That's what we're talking about. Getting All right. your donkey. Going. Excellent.
0: That was great. Let's uh, let's see what is going to be my fate. The church, no oh boy, the church. Let me get my reverend collar on. Right, <laughs> the, the, the one of the two of us who never was uh, created a, a or got a theology degree. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, getting onto this elevator. Go. All right, so I'm gonna. Th- you may have sort of a negative perception around the idea of a church. Maybe you feel like church isn't for you. Maybe you've been burned by a religious organization Mm. in the past. Maybe you think church is something that We're just all supposed to move past because what's really true, what's really good is the love people have for each other. When two people reach out and touch each other, one person notices what it is another person needs and extends their life and their resources Mm. out to help this other person. That's what it really is. Get out of this whole church thing, all those buildings and rituals and all that. That's nothing. Let's move into a new era of humanity where that's what we really do. That's a standard bearer. That's what connects us to God. Well, my friend, that is the church. The church is the state of your heart and mind. The external stuff, where we gather in buildings, where we do ritual, that's a a support system, Mm. an outermost encasing for this thing that exists in your motivations and your actions. That's the church, and it's changed throughout history. Uh, People have had different churches inside, but that's what really matters. Without that, there is no external church. Wow. (laughs) So, and that's an important point because... Swedenborg goes on and on and on about the church, and if you don't know, wasn't there even, like, a Walt Whitman or some, like, poet guy who was, who liked Swedenborg but was critiquing him as well, said, he doesn't get how to have things outside of a church. Right. And I want to say to that historical figure, you right. don't get it. He's not talking about the church he's that you think he's He's not talking the about the building yeah. or the robes or the, yeah, yeah. that's
1: right church of the heart and the mind. I, I, you, you got me with that one. Okay, that was good. <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, it's so good.
0: everyone, thank you so much for giving us the raw material yeah. to go in and explain. Hey, we've got great demons questions. and the church, like everything. Look at that, right there. The, the, the yin and the yang good and the whole thing. Right there. Yeah, so thank you so much, everybody, for it. Uh, it always feels like Okay, good. It didn't implode when we <laughs> had to do the ice. One <laughs> of these we days, <laughs> it will just be both, both of us weeping into our yeah, hands. That's right. But I, that was fun. It'll still be entertaining. So we're now going to, as promised, move into You've heard us. Man, have you heard us talk a lot. Shall we let someone else get a word in here? Okay. We said in the beginning, we wanted to hear your response to the icebreaker question. We're going to read your responses right now. So, let's see what you guys had to say. Now, we had the question in the beginning. If you, if you didn't see it, here's what it is. Uh, what ways have you been alerted that it was time to choose a different path or course of action in your mm. life?
1: Oh, I'd be so interested to see that. By the way, if you're watching
0: this after the live show, we want to hear your answer to that. In yeah, the it's the not too section. late. Yeah, because we we'll we'll, read all the comments. For sure. So, let's see what people had to say.
1: A courtroom judge, laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that'll, uh, Yeah, they, they have an impact. When my friends said stop or we're calling the police. Intervention. Yeah, yep. that's intense. I'm a big dunce. Most of the time I have to be knocked off the path I'm on. Otherwise the decision seems too easy. Hmm. That's right. When I discovered I do not look good in orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, Shanna says, absolute misery. My job, specifically the school where I was teaching at the time, not the profession as a whole, transferred schools and regained my happiness. Environment can be Mm, crucial. That's the truth. My wake-up was having a severe mental breakdown that ended up with me being hospitalized against my will in a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, that woke me up. Uh, That would do it, yeah. Cancer punched me in the head. Mm. Yeah. When I began to find out more about the afterlife, actually changed my outlook on life in general. Mm, I like that. Yeah. After an incidence
1: of gossiping, I was warned strongly not to do it. I got the message. Nice. When the amount of love was nowhere near my amount and effort, so I let go. Divorce. Yeah. Yeah. The quiet voice of divine providence incessantly yet gently trying to direct me on another path. Hello. Well put.
0: Yeah. I was alerted, felt partly inside like something was missing, and and it was the Lord. I didn't find him he said in the word he drew me yeah that's Yay. Right. love my life with jesus nice lost in the woods
1: <laughs>
0: the <laughs> mo- the multiple obstacles come up and my best efforts fail one after another usually worse and worse every time i like that's that So that, that
1: failure does get you
0: doesn't it yeah as a recovering addict i used to get alerted every time i hit rock bottom and it was a few mm. right mm
1: I'm afraid that it usually takes someone I love waking me up to the error of my ways before I see where I need to change. Even though I knew it was wrong, I engaged in gossip with a coworker. There's gossiping again. I right. began to have nightmares. I knew immediately why. Interesting. Interesting, yeah, that sort of siphoned something in that wasn't good. It was a great day when I discovered and acknowledged I was completely wrong about something. By embracing my mistake, my alert, I could more easily pivot
0: and make a change. Uh-huh. I've noticed that when I am on the wrong path, I get alerted in my mind as if I asked a question, how long are you going to keep trying to go <laughs> forward on this rough road? Like, finally.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: Well, and thanks, everybody, because there is some like, personal sharing in there, and we really I appreciate it. I really appreciate
1: it. Yeah, that's powerful.
0: Yeah, you're willing to make your personal story a part of this, because if it's just spiritually religiously concepts without people actually sharing the ins and outs of their life, it's missing that activation energy.
1: And we talk a fair amount on this show about the fact that even the difficult parts of your life can be, you know, the Lord can use that in some yeah. good way, but there's a whole bunch of examples of things that re- oh yeah there was a wake up you know there's a, a course yeah. you can actually look back at that was the moment that it changed
0: right there and people seeing something positive even in those really difficult things people are going yeah. through but to say I hard, some hard kind things. of course correction in there mm. is just awesome so thank you everyone thank for you. participating in that really appreciate it and uh, if you guys enjoyed this whole show or enjoyed seeing those in the platform we get them on please like and subscribe. Again, this helps us very much with YouTube, it really does make a difference to do that. And if you want to help make this programming possible, we're a nonprofit. This show is free. We try to make Swedenborg's books available for download for free. If you want to help support this financially, here's a one-minute video about what you can do. And after we come back, we're going to tell you what's coming up this week on our channel.
2: We want the ideas and insights we cover to be available for free to anyone, anytime they need them. That's why we offer Swedenborg's books as free downloads on Swedenborg.com and we share all the content on our Off the Left Eye YouTube channel with no paywall or ads. The only way to keep this up though is for those of you who like what we're doing and feel comfortable giving to give. If the idea of helping others have easy access to the content we produce feels meaningful to you, please consider supporting this cause with a donation. You can go to OTLE.causvox.com and follow the prompts to give a one-time or recurring donation. We'd be honored to have you become part of our growing community of supporters who help these ideas reach and nourish thousands of people every week around the globe. Give if you can, receive if you need. If we cycle through this way, in the end, everybody wins.
0: Thanks to everybody who has supported us in the past. Yes, we, thank you so much. It's why we're here. It's how we can be doing this very niche or niche programming on Swedenborg stuff <laughs> for everybody. And of course, this That's is right. a, a dream come true for us. And speaking of that, we're going to keep doing it. This week, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. It's, first of all, Thursday and Saturday, we have News from Heaven. This is where uh, I read through Swedenborg, and we take the time to really dive into it, circle things draw things, draw diagrams, mm. showcase art, and so we, and really get specific about ideas. So uh, Thursday, we have, why can't we feel God leading us? Oh, our interesting. Topic. Because if you're saying there's a divine being that's directing everything, you just take it, for, why isn't that perceptible? Why can't you feel it? Mm. So then, and then on Saturday, can spirits see through our eyes. Oh, that's an interesting Can they access yeah, it? And right. Swedenborg has very specific information mm. on that. Okay. Then we do these short clips. You've oh, seen right. those. And this is where you guys get to drive the content on the channel. We put this poll out, and you guys said you wanted to see something about ghosts and something about our spiritual network. So the f- short clip, the first one on Wednesday, uh, will be your spiritual network. So that's right on. And then a clip about why ghosts seem to be stuck in a certain location. Mm, Awesome. And next Monday... And that is not all. No, no, no. Because next Monday, in this time slot, we'll be doing our show, Six Spiritual Powers of the Lord's Prayer. That's going to be an awesome episode Mm. about how Swedenborg used it as a tool and how we can use it as a tool, how it could even maybe be more powerful than you ever thought. Yeah, right. And then the following Monday, we're going to be doing our five-year anniversary special. <laughs> we, just, we had this at the annual meeting, uh, and uh, we, we taped this live show that we did. Looking back on five years of this crazy stuff, man. Yeah, So that's, gonna that's be, cool. That's going to be good. Okay, mm. cool. Well, hey, thanks so much, Dr. Jonathan. That Marks. was so
1: fun, Curtis. I enjoyed that.
0: Enjoyed it. Hope you all did, too. Thank you so much. And we'll see you, as you just saw, all throughout the week. So, so uh, goodbye for now.
2: Swedenborg and Life Live is Curtis Childs, host and showrunner, with co-host Jonathan Rose. Livestream tech and graphics by Stuart Farmer and Matthew Childs. Show writing and chat moderation by Karin Childs and Chelsea Odner.